Hey, this is Dewey from Pure Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money. And I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help bring more in-person interviews, more travel, more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free. Uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go. Um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing. And I thank you so much. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of that one time on tour, part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with guests about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of The Offspring, Thrice, Rancid, Rise Against, and more. Listen and subscribe at JabberjawMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. guys i wanted to take a quick minute to tell you guys about our amazon affiliate link our new amazon affiliate link is peerpleasurepodcast.com slash amazon that's going to give us four percent of everything you buy through that link on amazon and it costs you nothing more than just buying your purchases and it just gives us four percent which is awesome helps us keep the lights on and we really really appreciate the continued support once again that Amazon affiliate link, go and bookmark it now, peerpleasurepodcast.com slash Amazon. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. And this week, we have the Brothers Breckenridge. Yes, that's Ed and Riley Breckenridge from Thrice and their new band, Less Art. Less Art just released their album, Strangled Light on July 28th, 
and it is absolutely fantastic. I've been listening to it the last few weeks after Ed sent it over, and uh, it's really something to be listened to a lot. It is fantastic. You definitely need to check it out. Uh, Strangled Light by Less Art. Uh, so Ed and Riley uh, were gracious enough to come on the show and uh, drop some knowledge on how they recorded the record, some of the tones they got, the whole feeling behind it. Um, a little bit about the new Thrice stuff they've been working on. There's a whole lot in there for everybody. So we're definitely going to keep this intro short so I can get all this uh, awesome interview in here for you guys this week. So really glad to have you guys back. We are at peerpleasurepodcast.com. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Definitely follow us on there. And uh, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email address if you need to get a hold of me. Um, guest suggestions, questions, concerns, anything that way. Uh, the Amazon affiliate link, I know you heard the commercial earlier, but definitely use that anytime you shop on Amazon. Definitely helps out the show. and helps us keep the lights on. We really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. It's really fantastic to see the numbers grow. Um, some big news, we are launching a Patreon. Uh, we're launching a Patreon in September. It's going to be called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and it's an exclusive club. Uh, you can get all kinds of bonus content, submit questions, all sorts of awesome stuff. It's really in the infant stages right now, so I don't want to say too much, but definitely want to let you guys know to be looking out for that in September. The Peer Pleasure Podcast Patreon Pleasure Seekers Club is coming to you in September. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Ed and Riley Breckenridge from Thrice and Less Art. guys well you guys are the only repeat we're almost at a year now with the show and you guys are the only repeat guests <laughs> but for different reasons uh with a different band so i'm stoked you guys came on uh speaking to the brothers breckenridge uh ed and riley from thrice and less art and today we're gonna be talking about less art um so welcome to the show guys thanks sir Thanks for adding us. Yeah, absolutely. Having us. Did I say adding? That's like a... Thanks for friending us. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for conversing. We... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I set up uh, this... I, I reached out to Riley a long time before your shoulder surgery um, about possibly doing this, and some time passed, and then I got in touch with Ed, and so we set it all up. And then literally the next day, your publicist emailed me and said, hey, uh, like the show, would you be interested in interviewing Less Art? And I was like, dude. No, <laughs> so I emailed him back. I was like, we already set this up. And, and uh, he's like, man, great minds think alike. And I was like, indeed, man. And he's like, well, right on. Have fun. 
Cool. So that was pretty sweet. I I really appreciate you guys. You know, back from you know episode two on the show uh, with Rice, and that was a that was a uh, interesting time. It was like my my it was actually my third interview with the show. So I was totally you know I did not know my gear or anything else. I had set my mic up in the middle of the table, if you remember, and I think Dustin put it on a piece of pita bread uh, to stop from the vibration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did it work? Did it work? It well, it sounded it... horrible. I almost thought it was not usable. Ready. It was basically I had just gotten the microphone and I set it to stereo instead of omnidirectional. So mm. you hear Dustin, you hear me, you hear Tepe, and a little bit of Ed and some of Riley. So I sent it to my cousin, who's an audio forensics uh, guy with the the FBI. And he tried to clean it up as best he could, but he's like, dude, this is bad. And I was like, man, I feel so horrible. And uh, we salvaged it, and it was a good episode. I think a lot of people liked it, but a lot of people were like, man, you got to well, interview him again because I couldn't hear a lot of it. And I was like, dude, that was my bad, and I sent out a big email about it to the mailing list. Anyway, long story short, well. welcome back, and uh, stoked to have you guys on. So um, I wanted to talk – a talk first off about how the band Less Art even came together. Uh, it's been a while in the in the making, correct? Yeah. Um, so Ian and John and Mike and myself, um, we did a little baseball themed grindcore band, like a joke band called Quig Destroyer, <laughs> um, and. Uh, we did all that writing for that remotely. Like we were never in the same place at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. We just had fun making stupid songs about baseball. And, um, I don't know. We had so much fun doing it. We decided that we wanted to, to do it like in a more serious fashion, like the kind of band that could maybe be around for a little while and could like, play shows and maybe hop on a tour here and there. Um, and Ed and Mike and I had been working on um, some songs of our own during the thrice hiatus. Um, so it kind of just made, and, and like vibe wise, they were kind of similar. Um, so it just kind of made sense to, to fuse the, the two projects. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm really glad that it worked out because um I don't know, the way Ed and, and John play guitar together and feed off each other is really awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, I'm not I'm not getting arrested right now. Just, <laughs> we're, we're at our practice studio and uh it's uh it's a kind of popular place for lawbreakers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so anyways, yeah, it just it made sense to fuse the two projects. Um and it's worked out really cool. And yeah, John and Ed playing guitar together has worked out really awesome. They complement each other in a cool way, and they both kind of have um, different creative brains. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's been, it's been super cool. Well, yeah, I got I got a copy of the record uh, last I think last week, maybe the week before, from Ed and and. Uh, it is just brutal, dude. I I loved it. I, I got the first couple uh, preview tracks that you guys released on uh, uh, Spotify. I think is what I what I listened to. Ended up listening to them on, and the record just flows so well. 
and the the tones are ridiculous. And I I had text Ed because I was like, dude, I'm so glad you're using Sun Gear now because that's what I use and I love it. And he's yeah. like, dude, I'm not using it anymore. I'm using JMPs. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, because I was so stoked to have another guitar player like rocking the Sun stuff because it sounds so massive. And I mean, you literally turn the volume to two and you're you're blowing eardrums out. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I just the the tones, the the drumming is insane. Like the, I was I was really excited to to check it out because I, I mean, one of my main main things with this is going from a band like Thrice that's huge, uh, you know, to putting out like a side project, which is more of a I think it's more of a serious gig, as you were saying going into that from thrice i mean you have so many people that are going to hear that immediately versus a band that just started out the gates and i wanted to know how it, how it was feeling for you guys being able to i mean are you more or were you worried of getting like a poor reception to where everyone wanted a thrice record or everyone you know what i mean where you you have an established fan base but that fan base may or may not want another thrice uh, when you put out this record, have you had a good response to it, or or did you think about that at all during the writing process? Uh, I definitely don't think we thought about it. Uh, I mean, I guess you always kind of think what what will people think of this, but it's like people don't like it. I'm still like, I still like it, so I don't. It's like a, who cares? But I also feel that way like about right stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, like. I mean, this was this was an opportunity to play some different, like, I mean, it's it's heavy and thrice is heavy, but it's like different. It's like less melodic. It's more like angular, and it's you know, I I feel like thrice could do stuff like that too, but it's it's just like it's it's a it's a different thing, and I I feel like there will people there will be people that like are into the more melodic side of thrice that will be like, I don't get it or I don't want to get it. I don't like it. Um, but then I think there will be people that will totally get it and kind of be maybe coming from a similar place to where our, our heads are at or like the type of music that we listen to or, yeah. or are influenced by. And I mean, this is, I feel really lucky because it's, for me, it's like I get to play a different instrument. It's, it's totally like a, a rad experience for me. I feel like it's, it's, it'll help me in all sorts of music writing in the future. And I, and I feel like playing with other people does that, does that too. But, um, it's just been a really cool, uh, change of perspective for me. Sure. Absolutely. Going from yeah. bass to guitar. I mean, and how long, so you've been and you've been always writing for for thrice too right ed with with like guitar riffs and stuff yeah you don't just contribute bass i mean you've done both. yeah but to then yeah. be thrust into well not i guess not thrust into but put into the guitar headspace i mean that's got to be a crazy change for you and with riley you know still playing drums but playing a totally different style you know i almost i couldn't pick it out like if I had listened to it out of out of nowhere, not knowing who this band was, I wouldn't have even compared it to Thrice because it's <laughs> totally different. And that was that was awesome to see because you completely reinvented. It seems like you're playing or went back to a style where you're just beating the hell out of the drums. It seems like maybe you, I don't know if with Thrice, 
you know, the bigger it gets and the more, um, the larger producers you work with, I know a lot of times may tend to, to have you pull back or, you know, uh, bring it down a little bit uh, on the playing side um, when you're recording. But this one sounds like just balls to the wall, you know, just, you know, sweating and, and cut fingers and just, you know, brutalizing. Yeah, it, it, it pretty much is. Um, I, I really enjoy playing like a caveman at times. <laughs> and uh, this, this project is like a perfect opportunity to do that. And I listen to a lot of really heavy, really sludgy, uh, kind of angular stuff, uh, not stuff that's not melodic, um, stuff that's kind of, kind of a bummer, stuff that's like less hopeful, I guess, than, than a lot of Christ stuff. And, you know, <laughs> I listen to a lot of that stuff. So, um, you know, when I have free time, like that's stuff that I like to play along with. So getting to play those kind of songs in a live setting is going to be really cool. Um, and yeah, it was just a super fun project. And Scott Evans, the guy who produced and mixed the record, um, he did a phenomenal job tone-wise, like you were saying, whether it's the guitar stuff or the drum stuff um, or the clarity of all the instruments. Um, I think it's like... Pretty pretty positive. It's my favorite drum sounds I've ever gotten on a recording, uh-huh. um, which is pretty cool. I mean, Scott's a, a monster. He doesn't do a ton of records, and he, he tends to do a lot of heavy, kind of more low-budget stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but like the last two Kowloon Walled City records he did are two of my favorite sounding records ever. So... Um, Getting to work with him was, was really cool, and I couldn't be happier with how it came out. Matt, are you thinking maybe uh, working with him doing the drums for another Thrice record, just doing the drum portion? Uh, I can't say that it hasn't crossed my mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're kind of in the process with Thrice right now of trying to figure out... Um, who we're going to work with for the next record, if we're going to do it ourselves, if we're going to work with like multiple producers or just one producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if I have, if I have a choice, uh, I think Scott would definitely be on the short list of, of guys that could do a drum session. With. Yeah. I could definitely see that, man. The drums sound just ridiculous. That, the one thing that really resonated with me on the record as a whole, and I've gotten to sit with it for you know a good few days, where I listened to it probably five or six times all the way through to really sit with it before this interview, because I, I really wanted to you know understand what was going on and and uh, kind of after listening to song by song initially, you know picking things out, just listening, putting it on and not thinking at all and just letting it roll. I don't know if this was intentional, but it seems like these... So the clarity of every instrument is insane. I mean, the guitars are so heavy and crunchy, but at the same time, you can hear every note. And that's in itself is amazing. But the when everything goes into these like really uh, ethereal like breaks to where it really opens up, that seems like where the lyrics get really deep. And it may be just because I notice it more, because the music has cooled out a little bit, but a lot of these big lines uh, that he has seem to flow out in these big kind of spacey parts 
Um, I don't know if that was something that just kind of happened or if it was something that you guys maybe thought about as you were recording it to kind of let these thoughts come out in that way. Yeah, I, it, it's possible that it was intentional from Mike's perspective. I don't think we we talked about it or anything, but okay. he's he's rad and his, his way of like phrasing and doing stuff is like so it's so rad and, and unique and, and it really feels like it's like just uh, it's like it, it, you're hearing his brain like. Uh, I don't know. I've 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 always loved watching him, uh, like seeing when he sings "Curl Up and Die," doing that stuff live was so rad. So I, forever, I'd wanted to play. Like I'd had ideas of doing an imaginary dance with him. So it's it's rad to be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. It's 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 just it's almost like everything is just complementing each other so well. I mean, the parts are quiet when they need to be quiet and heavy when they need to be heavy and then that that's just one thing i picked out uh really well was the the way the lyrics almost change in those parts to where it's like these huge lines there's a line uh in the first track that i'm too curious to kill myself and that was that one blew my mind because that one i actually had to sit there and think about that because it's like that makes that just makes so many thoughts come into my head you know, and, yeah. and it seems like that's how he writes. Like he's just really a philosophical thinker. Like it just has so many, so many layers to what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, it's very, very open. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it seems like he should write a book. Like he, it, it's. Uh, I mean, and same with with Dustin too. I mean, you guys, you guys have, have played with some people that really wordsmiths i would say like that can really yeah. drive a mood i know i talked about that with you guys with on the thrice episode with the the um the black honey lyrics where it just feels like you can picture what's going on in your head and it just adds to the whole the whole soundscape it's absolutely crazy, yeah but um how did how did uh the record come together were you recording in multiple sessions uh, at different times or did you guys buckle down and do it all at once we we did it all at once so how, how many how many days was it right do you remember i think i think we we were in the studio for 10 days um which is short by rice standards i think it's like the second fewest days i've spent on a record before um, but it was rad. Like we kind of wrote it in, in a similar fashion to the way Thrice writes stuff, which is, you know, just everybody kind of cracks out a bunch of ideas and, uh, we start discussing them, like post them on Dropbox or some file sharing program, or whatever, and just start talking about songs and, and piecing parts together and doing some kind of virtual trial trial and error because we were all spread out geographically like uh ian and, and john are in oakland and mike was in chicago at the time but it moved to oakland uh, and then ed was down in orange county with me but ed has since moved up to the bay area um so yeah it was just a lot of like cutting and pasting and then the the bay area dudes and mike would fly down to orange county and we'd practice for three days and write music together and then you know ed and i and 
Mike would fly to the Bay Area and do that. And I think there were maybe three weekends we spent together, um, actually being in the same room and writing. But outside of that, everything was just like discussed via email and text, not good text. It's like, what if we try this? Yeah. What if we try this? Um, so it was kind of scary in that regard, but, um, yeah, basically anywhere from like six to 10 days of writing together in the same room and then 10 days of recording in Oakland. Wow. I could see that being scary. Cause I mean, they're guys you haven't played with forever. Like I could see, you know, thrice writing that way. Cause you could picture, you know, how, how Tepe is going to, you know, texture this part or, but having that faith in, in, uh, you know, turning out a good product with being with guys that you've known a long time but not played with necessarily is a huge undertaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, yeah. how did, uh, yeah. like, the funding for this record and everything else, like, did you guys do any kind of crowdsourcing or anything like that, or was it all just kind of on your own dime? It's been on our own dime uh, so far. Okay. Um, Scott was more than gracious with his time and, and effort, uh, which really helped us out immensely. Um, but yeah, right now it's just everything's out of our own pocket. Um, you know, the label helped us with putting the record out and, you know, hiring a, a PR person and stuff like that. But, you know, this is very much DIY. Man, it just sounds, it sounds almost refreshing to go back I mean, it was in an organic way, but going back to the beginning. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Riley, you've not played in in any other bands than Thrice, right? I mean, is that? I know Ed, you you did something with Angels and Airways, right, for a little while, and and. Uh, uh that, that well, that didn't actually happen. I was like announced to oh. be playing with them, and then nothing. I think they decided they weren't going to be a touring band or something, and then. I can't even say that. I don't. I don't even know. I don't know what happened exactly. But I did do. I did do some touring with Napsack. Um, I, I started touring with Napsack in 2013, and I think we did our last show on New Year's, last okay. New Year's. Um, but I guess Riley had done stuff with uh, with John and Ian for the and Mike for with the. Squeak Destroyer project. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But that was all, that, that was all like virtual, virtual band stuff. I mean, I kind of, I got a vibe of like what they were right or what they write like and what the creative process is like with them. But mm-hmm. yeah, you were right. I've, I've never played with another band before. So this has been a really cool experience in that regard. Um, I've never played with a different bass player than Ed. So yeah. It's interesting uh, kind of trying to build a, a rhythmic foundation with a different person's brain and um, but still getting to like play off of what Ed's doing on guitar the same way that I would uh, if he were playing what he's playing on bass. I don't know. It's, sure. It's, I, it's fun to see, see what my brain chooses to listen to at, at certain times. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. I mean... It, with every thrice record essentially being a completely new band, it almost sounds like, I mean, you've gone through transitions musically, but not necessarily personnel, I guess is what I meant. Cause it's, yeah. you guys would always reinvent yourselves, you know, for, for better, for worse, as far as response to the records, like, you know, it was always something new and fresh and, and, uh, 
you know, it's, that's always been something I've been stoked on. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, in the studio, especially with that much time, uh, or that short of time, I guess. Were there any, like, uh, happy accidents or anything like where, like, oh, shit, we have to keep that on the record? Or um, I know there's a lot of stuff tone-wise that can just kind of happen out of nowhere or interesting, t- interesting techniques as far as uh, drums go where you know, uh, people use like broken cymbals or stack cymbals or, uh, put a drum set on a, on a bucket or, you know, like anything like that that you used or experimented with. From the, the drum side of things, not really. Um, Scott was super easy to work with. Uh, not only because he, he's really patient and kind of allowed me to, Fuck up a few times and figure out figure my stuff out. Yeah. Um, really patient, like you, you, but go ahead. I was gonna say I feel like you kind of like <laughs> got to do something that I think like most drummers probably would want to do, or it'd be like, okay, like let's try a bunch of different fills on this part, rather than be like, no, no fills. You know, like I feel like producers aren't usually big fans of doing drum fills. Uh-huh. Yeah, and and I feel like there was some cool, like almost like, like um, oh, what is the word? Uh, Im- Im- improvisational uh, drum filling on on some of the parts in this record. It was really cool to watch from yeah. my perspective, at least. For sure, and I think Scott's one of the few producers I've ever worked with. If- it's not the only producer where he's like, oh, I wish you were playing like busier during this song. Most of the time producers are just like, no, keep it, keep it simple. Fewer fills, just find a pocket, stay in it. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, he was really encouraging and, uh, and patient. And I think, you know, that we did do some editing on the fly. Um, because I think like three or four of the songs that we, that ended up on the record, maybe only three, um, we hadn't even really jammed them together in their final form, uh-huh. uh, when we got into the studio to record. So I think there was a, there was a section on Diana the Huntress that was like this super slow five against four feel, uh-huh. um, kind of after the hectic like convergy riff at the end um but that kind of like decayed into this slow five against four kind of mind fucky part and uh they ended up uh they ended up cutting that part yeah Man. it's it's way better it's way way better because of that <laughs> and so i think uh and from my my perspective, yeah. everything that I did, all guitar playing felt like a happy accident to me. <laughs> and uh, actually, uh, singing too, because I did, I wasn't planning on doing any. Well, Mike had talked about doing singing, but that was like kind of like all on the fly. And then now, now I guess I'm singing. I think do some singing on the record, which is really. Uh, cool to try and do i guess i don't know sure well how was that for you i mean how how did you write any lyrics or anything for this or was it was that all uh all mike no it was all it was all mike had like oh i want you to do this here okay. or I, I was thinking you could do this here or 
or whatever, and then they'd try it out, and then be like, oh, I, I guess I can do that there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's it. I mean, the the whole the whole record. I mean, there's just so many things. I'm still picking things out of it. You know, and it's it's awesome to know that it you know ten days in the studio. I mean, that's how records used to be made. I mean, as you know, yeah. and you know, a lot of the influences of both you guys and myself, like it really takes me back to like the I was thinking almost Jesus Lizard, uh, like Steve Albini style, uh, just really angular, but everything's crystal clear. Like I was saying, like you can hear every note, and you guys are playing in a deeper tuning, right? Like. You dropped down yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, it's like uh it would be like C standard drop to A sharp. Oh my god. Okay. Or wait, is it A? Yeah. Okay. And I should know I'm playing with stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and you, that brings me that brings me to this point too, is is you guys aren't when you're playing with Les Hart, you don't have a crew, you don't have a tour manager, you don't have techs or anything like that, right? You guys are showing up in your car probably if it's in if it's in Southern California, loading your stuff mm-hmm. in, setting up your drums, setting up your amps. I mean, things you haven't done probably in a long time. Uh I mean, how does it feel to go back to that? I mean, is it is it inspiring? Is it kind of terrifying? I mean, is it uh what what does that feel oh, like? Fun. Guys? I mean it's fun. Just hang in with your homies and playing music. It's sure. great. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's super fun. Like, uh, the place that we're playing uh, this Friday in San Francisco, the Hemlock, is like a super tiny room. There's really no backstage. Um, and the stage is like, it feels like you're playing like on a postage stamp, basically. It's <laughs> tiny. Um, but, so it's super small and like, you know, usually before a thrice show, like I'll find a place to hide, you know, in a, in a dressing room or something and warm up and stuff. And we played at the Hemlock, uh, like about a year ago with less art. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go warm up. And I was like, where? Oh, I just have to warm up, like standing here in the crowd with everybody else that's watching the band that's on before us. Uh-huh. So I'm like warming, warming up on my knee in the middle of the crowd. And, uh, I don't know. It's just rad. Like there's a level of nervousness that, um, that kind of atmosphere brings, um, uh-huh. uh, that you, that I don't feel, uh, with rice shows as much. I don't know. Hard to describe. Yeah. It definitely keeps you on your toes. And it, I mean, if something goes wrong with thrice, I mean, you can, you can have someone run out and fix it or, or toss a guitar over to so-and-so and, and, uh, I, Cause you guys, are you guys still touring with uh, uh, Ethan on as a guitar tech for Thrice? Uh, I think he has like a, he he works with Portugal the band. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was wondering. Cause normally, I, okay, I just saw him on. So he worked. I think I just saw him on Friday. I went to see Portugal at Edgefield out here, and and uh, just watching the level of professionalism on his end with you know the things he has to do throughout the show i mean cell phones are charging in order like every it seems like everything's just perfect and yeah i don't know on your guys's end because i wasn't behind the stage when you guys played here in portland but i mean if literally everything is probably taken care of i would assume especially 
uh, you know, at your guys' level, but having that to where if my if I break a string, I need to have a backup guitar, I need to grab it myself, or uh, if I'm out of tune, I'm going to have to fix it, you know, on the fly. That little bit of nervousness, I guess, takes it takes everyone back to, to those days of the early shows. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Yeah. I feel like I feel like with big shows, um, when you get to a certain level as a band and you, like, hire people or employ people to help you get through a show, um, there's a level of safety there. And then at the same time, there's also a level of, like, expectations, I guess, that, uh-huh. like, Nothing, nothing should ever go wrong. And I, I don't mean that from like the band thinks that, I mean, obviously we would prefer if if nothing went wrong, but like the audience kind of expects like, this should be this well-oiled, well-oiled machine. Like if something breaks, uh, something, somebody's blowing it somewhere. Um, so like at these smaller shows, if something breaks, like that's just the deal. Like we're, we're human beings, like, and the stuff that we're playing, they're not like fail safe machines, you know, shit goes wrong sometimes. Like your car breaks down when you're driving. Like what, what do you do? You fix your car. Like shit happens. Um, so I don't know. Having that like in the back of my mind, like if something goes wrong, it's not the hugest deal. Like you just fix it and get back to it start playing again um whereas in a in a live setting with thrice if something breaks like oh my god like (laughs) every second every second we spend like troubleshooting what just went wrong people are getting more and more anxious or uh disappointed with you know one minute of silence during an hour and a half set or something i don't know sure i mean there's it takes me that my dad had an open heart surgery years and years and years ago. And I told, it's kind of reminds me of this because it's, I asked the surgeon, I was like, you know, I don't know how you do what you do. I mean, how do you sleep at night when you know the next day you're going to be in somebody with this job that's super important? You know, what if you're up till one in the morning because you just can't sleep? And, it, and he, he summed it up like this. He said, I'm basically just an auto mechanic. I'm the exact same as an auto mechanic. I just fix your engine while it's running. And it kind of seems like the same thing where with a well-oiled machine like Thrice or Portugal, like if something goes wrong, they're fixing it while it's running versus stopping yeah. and fixing it, you know, where in a smaller setting where you can, you know, knock it out. And that seems like something that's uh, also pretty nerve-wracking for the crew. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, with that expectation. And, I mean – you guys are lucky because I guess you guys are playing instruments that, I mean, you're playing, you can be sick and still play, you know, the physical parts. Whereas like Dustin or, or Mike get sick. I mean, and they can't hit those notes, then it's disappointment all across the board. So yeah, <laughs> you guys dodged that bullet. I, I, was, a, I was a little worried yesterday. I was, I was, when we were practicing, I started losing my voice. So I was like, Whoa, hold on now. Yeah. So are you guys, you guys are, you said you're at your practice space. Are you guys up in, are you guys practicing in Orange County? Yeah, I drove down and then I'm going to drive some of our gear back up and then Riley's going to fly in a little bit later and then we're all going to go together in a van. Okay. Because the the first show is in San Francisco, then there's one in Oakland, then one in Orange County, and then one in Vegas. Okay, so California and Vegas. Are you guys planning on coming up to the Northwest anytime soon? Or are you guys 
you guys got a lot going on riding with Thrice too, Rao, huh? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We don't have anything planned this year with Less Art, but if something comes up and it, like if somebody wants us to be on a show, wink, wink, yeah, and uh, and it fits, I, I, we do it. I mean. We're just, we, we just wanted to play these shows and put them together because we have record coming out and, you know, yeah. be out, be out in, in the world. So we'd love, to, we'd love to support some bands. That would be super rad. Okay. Yeah, that would be awesome to see you guys up here playing and seeing that band live. I mean, I'm sure I've yeah. not seen anything live yet, but as good as the record sounds, I mean, it's going to be ferocious, I'm sure. And, uh, you know... I'm just really, really excited for you guys and what you're doing. I mean, and I mean, so on, and we can chat for a minute on Thrice too. Like, you guys are, you guys have been riding all, all along on this, uh, that Deftones Rise Against tour, right? As far as just mm -hmm. like sitting down, writing parts on your own, and then kind of, I guess you don't have to file share them when you're out on tour together. You can kind of just jam them out in a room. But did you guys have an opportunity to do that very much on this last tour? Yeah, we did. We did it a lot, actually. Um, we knew on the Stuff Don't Stewart, we were playing like 35, 40 minutes a night. And uh, we're the second of four bands. Uh, so there's really not much of a sound check, if any. Um, so you know that there's going to be a lot of free time, yeah. a lot of downtime. Um, so we decided to you know, make the most of that opportunity with all of us being in the same place at the same time. Um, to really focus on, on sharing some of the ideas we had saved up and then um, really start talking about which parts would work well together and trying to trying to put together some really rough sketches of, of ideas that can become songs. Um, but it was, it was really... It went better than I thought it was going to go. Um, we were really productive. And I think... We got back from that tour, and everybody kind of took some time to to decompress and spend time with family and stuff yeah. like that. But I have a feeling uh, fairly soon we'll be kind of getting back in the same room and, and jamming some of these ideas out. Okay. And what about you, Ed? I mean, yeah. with playing guitar with Less Hard and, and having this record coming out and, and after recording and everything, kind of being more in that guitar mode, have you been finding yourself writing more guitar parts for... The thrice stuff more than bass or um no i mean kind of i i think i i started out writing more guitar parts mm -hmm. um like more around the time that that we were we were recording the last art stuff i was like working on some some things that were more like thrice vibe yeah um but um, doing doing this stuff with less art has actually made me want to want to focus more on like the things that I do with bass because it, it's even though I I love playing guitar in this band I also like I'm like shoot there's like so many things it that I love in bass playing that you you know you just can't do with guitar and it, I mean that's it seems obvious but it's like just like the way that you can shift the weight of the music and the way that, that you can like create holes in certain spaces. And, and, um, I don't know. It just made me really excited about like 
the way that you orchestrate songs. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'll still be writing bass and guitar stuff and, and whatever, but um, conceptually, I, I, it, it inspired me a bunch to do this this record. Man, that's excellent. <clears throat> I'm stoked to hear some of this stuff. I mean, the the uh, what did the rest of the guys think of, of Less Art? I mean, are they, are they stoked and supportive? I'm sure they are, but it's kind of a... Uh, I guess not even need to be a question, but I, I, is there any kind of, um, with the band being as big as it is now, is there any kind of uh, pressure or anything like that on side project stuff where, you know, a lot of times you hear with bands like, you know, Thrice is number one, blah, blah, and I'm sure it is as far as in your guys' eyes, but is there mm-hmm. any kind of pushback or anything from like management or, or even in the band where it's like, hey, you know, we need you to spend more time on this? Um, is that in there at all? I don't. I mean, maybe from us. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. Like I don't. I don't think so. But I always was a little worried about doing anything on the side, just because. You know, with rice, kind of anything goes. Yeah. Um, which is like a very unique situation, but I feel like there are some things where, like, even we've written old parts that just would never that never went anywhere because maybe they weren't. They were too like weird or not melodic enough, or just I just didn't work out, you know. And and this is like the perfect space for it, especially like the way that John plays guitar. He can he can even take like a part that we had had and be like, oh, what if I do this? And you're like, holy crap! Okay, that's great. Now uh-huh. you know he's he has a really cool cool mind. Um, uh, melodic mind and, and uh, it's been it's been awesome working with him but I'm changing the direction of the question but, yeah. no that's um, fine that's fine that's just a conversation no, I, you know like I, I think like after the hiatus we kind of with Thrice like we made kind of agreed that we were gonna set up parameters on how much we were touring how much time um you were going to be expected to devote to Thrice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Dustin's got his solo stuff that he does, and I think he's working on a project with his brother, and Tepe's got his business that he started during the hiatus. And, um, you know, Less Art is just, like, it's a fun it's a fun project. It's something that we can do to, to fill the gaps between price tours and price records and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, cause there's, there's a decent amount of downtime. Like we we got home from that death thing, uh, like July 9th or 10th. And we don't really have another price thing scheduled until the end of September. Yeah. Um, and that tour has been announced uh, now, I believe but... Yeah, we got we have a couple one offs, uh, and then that circuit tour that starts in November. Um, so yeah, there's there are big gaps where, you know, if if you got a side project and you want to spend a weekend playing songs with some of your friends, as long as you're still you know writing price stuff and and you know answering emails and text. Oh, I don't I don't do that well. As long as you're still plugged into Thrice stuff and Thrice is the main priority, um, I think everybody's free to do whatever they want with the the downtime. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's no there's no pushback. It's all been encouragement. 
uh, we gave the record to to Pepe and Dustin both, and they were both like, "This is this is really cool." Nice. Uh, it, would you guys yeah. ever consider opening for Thrice? I do. Like a double duty thing. Like I, I know do. a lot of bands have done that in the past, but mm-hmm. it might. I would do it, but it might be weird, and we might be exhausted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, but it is also weird because it's like I don't know. I mean, I, I you would never ask. I mean, or maybe you would. I don't know. Like you definitely wouldn't do solo stuff before one of our sets, or, or that might be weird. Maybe it would be weird in that way too. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, but it's not out of the question. It could happen at some point. It's not like a, the kibosh yeah. has not been put on it officially. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no, not a kibosh yet. Okay. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> so did some of the some of the parts you guys were riding... So I guess with the thrice hiatus, when you guys went on hiatus, was there any question that you were going to come back or not? Or was that something you discussed and maybe didn't just didn't release to people? Where, Or did you take a bunch of parts you had for thrice and use it on less art? Or did, was there some bleed over in that as far as those parts? I don't. I don't think so. I feel like a lot of the stuff that was like written for Thrice, it's it's like there's there's a purgatory of of unused Thrice parts that I feel like it would feel weird to allot them to other projects because mm-hmm. you can always come back and grab from those things. Sure. Right. Sure, and I, I love that the purgatory of thrice parts. That's uh, <laughs> the, the dark hard. There's a crap ton of them. It's crazy, but so, so many. Man, well, and and Ed, you said you played you played a guitar you built on this record, right? Yes. So you're building guitars. I mean, you've always been the the crafty one. It seems like from knitting hats back in the day to now building instruments. Uh, are you going to yeah. be selling any of these instruments? Are you building them for yourself or friends? Um, I would I would like to start start doing that. I'm I'm a bit of a perfectionist in that, like I don't want to give somebody something unless I'm it's like tested and approved, like self approved by me. Uh-huh. I guess I could I could do that with the basses that I play, but I also haven't really found a pickup that really makes me feel the same way the the original grabber pickups sound and you can't get those unless you're buying like old stock that somebody sold from a broken one or something so it's like until i get that sound right i don't want i don't really want to be selling them to people but i would love to do that and i really i really like making these guitars that i've been playing yeah um the the six string guitars um not six string bass guitars (laughs) Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I would love to do that. Where I'm living right now, I don't have any workshop space, so I'm 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 kind of looking to find a space to work out of, and hopefully, I can start just um start doing that. But okay, um, I saw that Facebook post about uh, looking for an art space, and I saw there was a ton of comments, so I didn't respond because I figured you probably found somewhere, but. If you're still looking, I I can, I'll, I'll I chat didn't. with you later, and and uh, I've got a lot of buddies down there in that area. That uh, yeah, that, that would be 
super helpful. Or if anybody that misses this wants to comment yeah. on, a, on a workshop space or something. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. well what, uh, so, so we've got less art down, down uh, with what's going on. We've got, you know, Thrice is working on, on material. What is, uh, what's up next for you guys in this downtime? I mean, for you, Riley, you've got, you've got a young boy and, and, uh, a wife. And Eddie, did you end up getting married? Are you still engaged? Uh, still engaged. Still engaged. We're, we're, okay. it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit because we're just super busy. Yeah, absolutely. But what, what's coming up for you guys before this circuit tour? Um, you got anything big going on or anything, uh, anything of note? Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, fully immersed in dad mode. Uh, my son, my son turns two in a week and we have a three month old daughter, um, which that's a new addition since I last talked to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, they're 20 months apart. So, uh, home life is hectic. Like the, the baby girl is, uh, essentially strapped to mom all the time. <laughs> and then I, I'm just dealing with a two-year-old toddler that is uh, hell-bent on injuring himself uh-huh. on accident and uh, <laughs> and just talking constantly uh, and choosing inopportune times to throw temper tantrums and stuff like that. But, <sighs> um, it's awesome, but it's, it's a ton of ton of work but um i am super happy to you know during times that i don't have to be on tour i'm super happy to to tap in and and you know go full-blown full-blown dad mode yeah um because it's you know i saw it with uh dustin and tepe's wives uh when they started having kids um it's super taxing on mothers uh to to take care of kids on their own, basically, while while Dad's off, you know, traveling the globe with his friends playing music. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, I'm happy to tap in and kind of help out as best I can. Sure, and they kind of formed an alliance then, since uh, a few of them live close by. I'm sure that, where they kind of you know hang out during the day and kind of support each other, as far as as your wife uh, and Dustin and Tepe's wife. Uh, I think my wife will text them from time to time, uh, cause they're, their kids are a little older and they're kind of out of that toddler area. Gotcha. Um, so they kind of, you know, Justin's wife and Tepe's wife leaned on each other, uh, cause they were having kids basically at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, and you know, they, they've been super helpful just giving my wife pointers about, how to deal with stuff and how to cope and how to stay positive. And, um, mm. they've been super supportive of us. So it's been cool. Yeah. I'm so happy to see that you guys have all stayed married, <laughs> stayed, you know, together as a family, not, not only yourselves, but with your, your actual families and, and having, I mean, that tour life is hard and you see it ruin a lot of, a lot of marriages and, and things like that. And it's so inspiring to see, the support system you guys have and, and not only from fans, but from your own family, your own friends. I mean, it's just really cool. And, and that's one thing I've really liked seeing with you guys is it's just all a hundred percent integrity and just honest and true. And it's just a fantastic, 
fantastic group and and you know same with this band i mean it's just 100 percent true i was nothing nothing contrived it was all just listening to it i mean like this is it this is just complete honest uh-huh. rocking you know and i love it and uh thank you i'm so glad to yeah. you know i've known you guys as long as i have and and uh you know it's it's uh it's been an honor and, and i really appreciate you guys coming on board and and uh coming back on the show too right before the the year mark yeah <laughs> yeah it'll be like episode 46 or 47 yeah. uh, almost hitting a year so uh be the annual annual episode yeah exactly and and uh, maybe we'll do another <laughs> thrice one once the new record comes out for you guys but yeah uh we'll book it yeah. before your publicist so we can seem like superheroes again it's, it's yeah <laughs> But uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on and taking the time. I know it's uh, it's dad mode time and, and uh, probably a beautiful summer day down there. So, All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ed and Riley Breckenridge from Thrice and Less Art. It was a fantastic conversation. We always have a blast talking. Uh, we've known each other a long time, and it's been, uh, you know, uh, a great, uh, great opportunity to know those guys and see them come up through Thrice and now into Less Art which is fantastic and thrice is working on new stuff uh, but right now strangled light you guys need to check it out it is absolutely fantastic definitely get your hands on that go to spotify wherever you can find streaming music it's on there um, they just finished a little uh, mini tour i think it just ended in vegas and uh i've seen some video from the the shows and it's pretty badass so definitely check that out appreciate you guys listening on adobe radio and if you've downloaded this on itunes don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show peerpleasurepodcast.com is the uh, website we have peerpleasurepod at gmail.com for email and definitely keep your eyes peeled for that patreon page coming in september for the show and definitely use our amazon affiliate link until next week we'll see you on the radio Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of that one time on tour, part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with guests about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of The Offspring, Thrice, Rancid, Rise Against, and more. Listen and subscribe at JabberjawMedia.com.